0: This is Come and See from St. Andrew's Anglican Church for Sunday, May 31st, 2015. The Gospel is taken from the book of John, chapter 3, verses 1 through 17. The message is by Father Ron Baird. Today we come to the last feast day that we will be celebrating for a while. The next one will be uh, the first Sunday in November. Um, So we'll have green on the altar for a very long time, so you'll be tired of green by then. But the Feast of the Trinity um, is a feast that sort of is the culmination of what we've been talking about for the last couple of weeks. Two weeks ago, if you remember, was the Feast of the Ascension when we celebrated Christ um, being ascended into heaven, taking with um, him human nature itself into the very Godhead into the very being of God, human nature belonged. And so then last week we celebrated the Feast of Pentecost and the gift of the Spirit to the church, which is the way that the church is connected to God um, through the Spirit. And so today we celebrate that, that incredible mystery of God that's called the Doctrine of the Trinity. I'm sure all of you understand it perfectly well, don't have any problem with it. But it's interesting. Do we worship one God or three gods? One. Then what's this Father, Son, Holy Spirit bit? And a lot of people who um, have trouble with this don't understand how that can be. And there's some truth in that because it's really hard to understand God, isn't it? I mean, God by definition is other, totally different than we are. And so it gets hard to conceive, but it's not impossible to kind of come to a comprehension of who he is. Um, at least through his revelation to us. And what we discover in the doctrine of the Trinity is that it is the very nature of God that although he is one and that he is God, that he is community even though he is God. That even from before time, he was Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Probably wouldn't have used those words, probably wouldn't have heard those words, but it would have been he is um, the creator And he is the Word of God, the Logos. And he is the Spirit. And we see that even before Christianity or before Christ came to earth. We see it in Genesis 1. It says that um, God um, said, let there be life. Like, what do you do when you say something? How do you say something? What do you do? What do you have to use? You have to use a word, right? And so the word is right there from the very beginning. And, you know, we see that the Spirit moved over the face of the waters in Genesis 1. So even from the very beginning of Scriptures, we see God as community, as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And as time goes on, we we see that the Spirit comes down upon His uh, anointed prophets, um, but the Spirit doesn't remain with them. He comes and goes, depending on when they're going to prophesy. And then in the New Testament, we see that the Word, God, comes down and is incarnate, is what we call it. But it really means infleshed. He takes on human nature itself to become one of us. And why did he do that? Well, he did it so that we could share in God's eternal life. And then he sends the Holy Spirit And not only this time when he sends it, it's a permanent gift. It doesn't come and go. The Spirit is with us always. So that leads us to the thing about, so what is this deal with the Trinity? What does all that mean? And why would it be important? Why does it matter? Well, if you think about it, by definition, the only thing that gets to live forever is God. Only God is eternal. There isn't anything else that's eternal. Everything else is created by him. It didn't exist before he created it. Everything else that exists, exists because he brought it into being. And because it's not eternal, what would eventually happen to it? It would die, it would go away. But God didn't want it to be that way for us. And so he sends his son into the world to take on our very nature itself, to ascend into heaven, so that we can share in the very eternal nature, the immortal nature of God himself, so that we can be like God. We don't get to have our own immortality. We don't get to be our own gods. We get to share in the life of God. And the great thing about our God is that he can do that. You know, a lot of religions don't have that. If you go into the East with Buddhism or Hinduism or something, you know, eventually if you achieve, you know, whatever their state that they are calling it is of the ultimate goal in your life, then you cease to exist. You're absorbed into the cosmic whole. I've always thought, that doesn't sound like a lot of fun. I, mean, <laughs> I don't know that I want to be part of the cosmic whole. You know, but you don't get to exist as an individual. The whole pursuit of life is to cease to exist in those religions. But in our faith, in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, God wants us to live as individuals with Him forever. And it is the very nature of God that He can do that. He can be one being, one substance, and have many personalities. And so when we are raised with Christ, we don't have to stop being us. We get to be who we are because you know God has that capability. Now that doesn't make a lot of sense in human terms. You know, we, we don't think of many people. Usually if you have multiple personality disorder, it's not a good thing. <laughs> but God can do it and not be crazy because it's His very nature to have more than one person even though He is one being. And that's really what Jesus is talking about in today's gospel. We hear that story about Nicodemus. I was looking in, on the internet at different sermons this week. You wouldn't believe how many people titled their sermon this week, Nick at Night. <laughs> I thought, well, I'm not doing that one. Um, <laughs> because Nicodemus, you know, comes to Jesus at night. But when Nicodemus comes to him, you know, he, he says, well, obviously you have the power of God with you because we can see that by your deeds. And Jesus said, you couldn't even see the kingdom of God if you hadn't been born from above. Now, actually, Jesus is really giving him a compliment there, but he just blows Nicodemus' mind. He's, Nicodemus is like, huh? What are you talking about? You can't see the kingdom of God unless you've been born from above. And he said, how can you be born again? I mean, if you've been born once, how do you do that again? You know, can you climb back into your mother's womb? I always thought Jesus should have said, not if your mother has anything to say about it, but um, he didn't say that. But but he 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 says, that doesn't make sense. How can you be born from again? I don't get it. And he says, what is born of flesh is flesh. that's what everybody who's born gets. But what is born of the spirit is spirit. And if you want to